0: Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that wants everyone to know that the plural of beer is beer. Which <laughs> is very convenient when you're explaining to your wife while you're coming home late from work.
1: Yeah, that's right. Gotta have a, a beer twelve. Beer three or four. A few brewskis, man. Yeah. <laughs> Those brewskis.
0: I'm having a beer. <laughs> it's the same thing as I'm having several beers. Well,
1: if you can only have one, you get like a 40 ounce. Yeah. That's way it works. Yeah, big tall boy. Yeah, yeah, tall, tall boy. That's right. Just stack them on top of each other. That's right. What's going on, dude? Yeah, same old, man. Same old. Same old, same old, same old thing I say every week. Same old. So, for it is beautiful outside today.
0: Yeah, and we're here in the crack house recording an episode for you guys because we love you
1: guys. Oh, don't we, though? We do. They're our favorite kind of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because they listen to us and.
1: Put up with us. Yeah, they say nice things.
0: They do. They really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, you got anything nice that people have said about us?
1: Yeah, man. I got a whole page full of niceness. Oh, gosh. How about that? Bring it on. We got a few uh, Apple Podcast Review 5 stars, and we want to give a shout-out to R-T-Y-D-H. That is uh, somebody's name, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they said that uh, Donnie and Dale, oh, excuse me, I'm going to say Dale and Donnie because it's me, are the highlight of my work day. I clean homes, and I'm alone most of the day. We are a great company and they keep uh see and we keep them laughing with each introduction keep up the good work Whoa. how about that i love it mm-hmm. well at least we ain't putting her to sleep you know like <laughs> we <do something>. yeah. <laughs> and then we got one for bnk324 it says uh y'all this is such a great podcast to listen to and super addicting kind of like crack lol mm-hmm. smiley face haha so uh yeah donnie and dale and even with the seriousness, the humor is spot on. Love you guys. And it is signed, Brandy. So thank you so much for those five stars, guys. That is really, really cool. Five star, five star, five, five stars. Five stars. Yeah, you're supposed to be echoing my five star. Mm-hmm. Okay. five star. Also, we want to give a shout-out to our friend, uh, Chris Wainick. And uh, he left us a Facebook recommendations and great podcast and content. Glad I ran into this one. And also gave us a five-star Spotify review. Oh. So he doubled up, and we appreciate that.
0: Yeah, he doubled up and wanted a shout-out, I guess. Uh, that's yeah. what he got. That's right. Thank that's where you get it, man.
1: That's where you get it. <laughs> Thank you, dude. We really appreciate you. Yep. Yeah. We do. Yeah, More than you know. If
0: anybody wants to be like those other folks and leave us a five-star rating on five Apple star, Podcast, yeah. they certainly can. And write something in the box. Click that five-star and write a recommendation in the box.
1: Yes. That that's, way it'll let us know.
0: It'll, yeah, it shows up, and yeah and it counts
1: otherwise you're just a random floating in the space five star just a star yeah yeah among the other stars yeah but you put yeah. something with it if you want to be special write something in the box that's right and we will give you a shout out you'll be our special star
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> if anybody wants to go over to the store page and get you a hoodie get you some kind of merch
1: Yeah, give me one too mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> i need to buy me one
1: i keep saying it but we keep threatening do we yeah yeah i just keep wearing my old one
0: all right Dale. i also want to mention our patreon account
1: okay anybody
0: wants to go over there and join up sign up and support the crack house that way there we have two episodes on there now
1: yes we do Mm -hmm. how about that fanciness i like it i do too Mm -hmm. they can also just go on and throw a few dollars in the gas can if they want we don't want to join up for that
0: yeah there's a link there on the website there's also a patreon link on the website
1: very nice. Very so nice. They
0: can go and check all that out.
1: If you want to do a one time PayPal gimmick, that was really cool. We appreciate you any way you want to help. And that's at crackhousechronicles.com. Ooh, ain't that fancy? Very fancy. Yeah, we know. And, uh, we had another guy this week, Donnie. You know, one of our friends we just kind of was talking to, uh, kind of a new guy at work. And we was just shooting the breeze and had on my shirt and he asked. And so I gave him a sticker and told him we had a podcast. So a couple days later, he comes up and goes, Man, been listening to your podcast. It's like, oh yeah. He goes, yeah. I thought you guys were just blowing smoke up my ass. It's really good. Yeah. I was like, well, thank you. He goes, yeah. So he's uh, he's now burning through him. So he's really really up with us. So and we really appreciate I mean, you. We're you not guys. just we're just not bluffing.
0: We're sure nothing.
1: We're just uh, yeah. We're not smoke blowers, are we? No. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, you can share the show. We appreciate it. Seems like you guys share a little bit, and anybody gets on there just. Stays on the bus and rides with us. Yep,
0: and I mean we will tutor on horn because we are professional horn tutors.
1: darn right, we're yeah. tootin'. tooting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: Before people get the fussing about us, we'll uh, get
1: a fussing. And speaking of buses, we got a bus show today. Yeah, we got a bus one. All righty, let's roll it.
0: All right, Dale, we are going to California in this episode seventy six. Yes, and we're going to Chowchilla, California. That
1: is a. Uh, your nickname?
0: Yeah, it is a nickname. And just a little bit of background on Chowchilla, because uh, you pointed this out, and it's kind of interesting. Yeah, very much. Now, the name Chowchilla is it comes from the indigenous American tribe of Chowchilla. I hope I'm spelling or saying that correctly.
1: He probably butchered it, but he Yeah, was.
0: but it's a Yokut tribe, which once lived in that area, and the name translates as murderers.
1: Isn't that cool? Yeah,
0: and is apparently a reference to the warlike nature of the Choshilla tribe.
1: Yeah, so you just stay away from them.
0: Yeah, it's also known to be among the Yucats. Their tribe was later associated with bravery, and Choshilla Indians were inadvertently responsible for the first white men discovering Yosemite Valley, hmm. which occurred when they were pursued by a band of whites in reference to the small tribe around chowchilla and until 2016 the town's high school mascot was
1: redskins hmm. but i wonder is, is it really chowchilla and just everybody just says chowchilla mm, it could be would make more sense Yeah, with, but with the, that background anyway
0: because the original american tribe was c-h-a-u-s-h-i-l-a Chowchilla.
1: Yep. We came along and messed up everything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it could be pronounced Shilla.
1: Yeah. I think that would be more cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway. Very interesting.
1: Very nice. Very nice.
0: Yep. All right. Our story starts with uh, a man by the name of Frank Edward Ray. Frank Ed Ray. But he was also known as Ed. Yeah. Ed Ray. And he was born in La Grande, California on february the 26th of 1921 he was one of eight kids to frank and marie ray and he moved to chowchilla with his family and graduated from chowchilla high school in 1940 in the early 1950s after working on a farm of growing corn and raising cows he you know he purchased that he became a bus driver
1: yeah, I think he wanted to do something besides that, even though it was very satisfying for him to be a farmer and work, get out there and work and reap what he sowed. But I think he wanted to do a little more in the community.
0: Yeah, give yeah. back a little
1: bit, I guess. Yeah, and being with them kids really really uh, made his heart happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why he wanted to be a bus driver.
0: Yep. But like I said, our story is taking place in Chowchilla. Yep. Now, we're going to move up to... Thursday, January the fifteenth of nineteen seventy-six. Like you mentioned before, and Bill, this was mm-hmm. the bicentennial of the United States of America—two
1: mm-hmm. hundred years. Yeah, this is right after the Fourth, so you know that was in full swing.
0: Yeah, it had been reported that uh, back then everybody was celebrating the whole month. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: I remember that, but not that well.
0: Yeah, but this was around four p.m. on Thursday, July fifteenth of nineteen seventy-six. And this was when school bus driver, Ed Ray, he was driving 26 students, and they were from Dairyland Elementary School, and he was driving them home from a summer class trip to yeah. the Chowchilla Fairgrounds.
1: Yeah, I think it was like uh, during summer school, but it was like right at the end of it.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like a little celebration type thing, I, ma- yeah, I-, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. But they went to the swimming pool.
1: Right. Had a big time. Yeah. And...
0: They were on their way home, and this is when his bus was blocked in the road
1: by a van. Yeah, there was a van sitting in the road, and I think it had the hood up. So, you know, Like they were having trouble or something? Right, yeah, and yeah. kind of sitting, probably a little bit cockeyed or whatever. And You know, Ed Ray being Ed Ray, he just, instead of just going on around it, he kind of pulled up and opened his window, and that's when they needed any help. Yes. And that was probably not the right thing to do.
0: And that's when he was confronted by Three men mm-hmm. with guns, and they were wearing nylon stockings covering their faces. Yep. And one of the men held a gun to Ray and forced him to get to the back of the bus, I guess, sit to sit in the seats.
1: Yeah, well, the one came up to the door and pointed the gun to the door and told him to open the door. And then once he opened the door, the other two guys came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think the first one had a handgun. The other one maybe had a sawed off shotgun or maybe a rifle. Yeah, it's all different depending on which store you live here. But they were definitely armed men. And then when they came out, he knew he was in trouble. And then they made their way onto the bus and then made Ray get up and told him to go. And they held a gun on him while well, they started. To, they would drive the bus from yeah. here on out. Yeah.
0: So there was one driving the bus and one driving the van and one holding the gun. Yes. Yeah. And they drove the bus to a. It was called the Berenda Sloth, and it was a like a dry riverbed. It was part of the Chowchilla River, but it was a dry riverbed. And this is where they left the bus. Right. And they had a second van there that was parked there waiting on them. And they had backed the bus up to the van, and they forced the kids to get out of the bus and jump from the bus to the van
1: yeah that were therefore not leaving any kind of footprints on the ground yes yeah so only thing that would be there would be the extra tire prints
0: yeah but they left this bus there they covered it up with branches and bamboo and a bunch of different debris they could find
1: yeah it's probably not easy to hide a bus with bamboo but whatever
0: yeah (laughs) but now these two vans they were sort of what's the word i'm looking for they were modified a little
1: bit oh a lot
0: yeah They had painted the windows black. Yep. And the insides of these vans, they were, I guess, reinforced with wood and paneling.
1: Yeah, they had some paneling and some padding and stuff in there to kind of make it... The way it looked to me is kind of trying to soundproof it a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was definitely no windows they couldn't see out or nothing like that. Yeah. And they had it uh, made like a... look like a box truck in the back, actually.
0: There was no ventilation or anything in the back of these vans, Dale. No. Mm Mm-mm. And they drove these vans around for about 11 hours
1: yeah i think as soon as they started to pull out ray was smart enough to look at his watch and when they said that i was like dude this, this guy's smart you know because at least he can kind of figure out you know by how long they're driving is how far they went mm-hmm. but you know things take a little bit of a turn but he was, he was thinking the whole time and you know he was smart enough not to try to fight back to because he's responsible for all these kids so he's just trying to keep everything calm at this point.
0: I mean, can you imagine you got all these kids in the back of these vans going down the road and it's hot in there?
1: No, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And these are not big vans. They're just like a cargo, regular cargo van, but with less space because of all that stuff in back. Mm-hmm. And we're talking 27 people. Yeah. Not counting uh, the bad guys.
0: And it's been reported to these kids, some of them were getting sick, throwing up.
1: Yeah, for motion sickness because they're just driving around, driving around, driving around. Yeah.
0: Like we said, for 11 hours, and yeah. there were there were no bathroom breaks or anything. If you no, had nothing. If you had to go, you just went.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all you could do. Yeah. You just went.
0: Yeah. And I think it was one of the vans that I'd read somewhere that they managed to be able to see through a little hole
1: up to the cab. Yeah. One of the girls uh, had said they saw through the crack and was <laughs> up in the front and had the AC blasting and was off for drinking sodas and having a good time. hmm. While in the back, they were back there in the dark sitting back there and didn't even have a lot of motion sickness and like you said a lot of uh went (laughs) yeah but
0: one thing we failed to mention too: the these kids they were 26 kids uh 19 girls and seven boys ranging in age from five to 14
1: yes so
0: this is a big wide range of
1: kids right and then the 14 14 year old fellow he wasn't even supposed to be on the bus you know Mm-mm. it's kind of odd he had gotten in trouble um the night before with his mother and, and that was uh her punishment was told me he had to ride the bus that day he got caught with some beer or something i think yeah that was what it was yeah yeah so yeah it was his punishment man he had to ride the bus and then it was even said that uh he he wasn't sure if that was the correct bus for him or not he just asked mr ed uh, if uh he could ride him. Would he take him home? He said, "Sure, I'll take
0: him home." So yes, yeah, so that's how. What kind of guy Mr. Ed was? Yes, but well, not Mr. Ed the horse, but
1: Ed Ray. Mr. Ed Ray. Yeah, they called him Mr. Ed. That's right. Yeah, all the kids loved him. Now these kids
0: were scared, and they were didn't know what was happening on these these two vans. Dale, no, they rode around for eleven hours, I guess, making turns, going different directions, mm-hmm. and it was the early morning of July. 16th, they arrived at a quarry.
1: Yeah, they knew that there was some stuff was going on because they kind of went off road when they did. It was just bumps and going on, he's kicking them around everywhere. You can imagine the people flying around the back of that van. Yeah, this way they're just you know, probably just hauling ass down the road and gravel road.
0: Yeah, this this quarry was in Livermore, California. Now, if you, I guess, Google map it today, you'll see that Livermore is only like a hundred miles from. Chowchilla. right. So they rode around eleven hours to yeah. go a hundred miles,
1: right? And I think a lot of people said, you know, they thought they did that to to disorient the people in the back so they wouldn't know where they were. But I, my my opinion is that they did this because they had to wait till it was middle of the night yeah. to take them where they're going to take them. Yeah, they it, could, m- they it might have been
0: twofold kind of thing.
1: Well, yeah, well that's true, but you know because they they had to wait till it was safe to go to where they're going. Mm-hmm. That's the way I think that happen.
0: Yep. But when they got there to the quarry, they had the kids come off the bus one at a time.
1: Yeah. Well, first thing they did is they opened up a door and took the driver out. Yes. And he said they, they brought me out, they took my pants, and took my shoes. Yeah. And then uh, they took him, and then they run him down that ladder. Yeah. And then they would go back and get them all one at a time. So you know how... Terrifying that would be because you don't know if they're taking them out and shooting them or what. I mean, and, I mean I'm mean, i sure you don't hear no guns going off, but you don't know what they're doing. Could, yeah, you don't know one, what's happening. Yeah, could it be clubbing them or anything, you know, at this point it's just terror sitting in the dark.
0: But each kid was forced to give up some kind of piece of clothing, Dale.
1: Yeah. They took each off, got their name, got their age, and took a piece of clothing.
0: And they was writing their name down on the a bag from Jack in the Box. Yeah, because that's what way I planned this out. <laughs> yeah, this is... This is their plan.
1: They have some really good stuff in this plan and some really bad stuff in this plan. Yeah.
0: They were smart in one aspect and dumb in another. Right. But like I said, they forced these kids out of the van, taking their clothing, and then forced them to climb down a ladder. Mm-hmm. Now, this ladder went into a buried moving truck that they had buried underground. Right. Yeah, first they did it
1: was just like a ladder in a hole, you know, in the middle of a field, but you know, when they started climbing down the ladder... It went into a, uh, like the ass end of a semi truck, but I think it was more like a box truck or a moving truck. Like moving truck kind of deal, yeah. It wasn't quite as big as a semi trailer.
0: Yeah. But now, when they all got down in this moving truck, the box part of it, they noticed that they had stocked uh, some small food, I think some peanut butter.
1: Uh, some peanut butter, some chips, and some bread. And then they had uh, several five gallon, those uh Totes with water. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it looked like a bag, but whatever you call it. Yeah. Yeah. Water totes. They actually did have food and water here, and then they had taken and cut holes in the wheel wells of this uh, trailer to use as a makeshift bathroom. Yeah. it actually did have toilet paper, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But if anybody went to the bathroom, they had to go
1: in front of everybody else. Yeah, yeah, sitting right there. Yeah. And you know, after a while, it's not going to be good. No, it's not going to be good. Because it's just a hole. It's not, you know.
0: And I think it had a couple little pipes going in for ventilation, but it wasn't much, man.
1: Yeah, they had uh, some fans that were forced to air in and air out. I think they were battery-operated fans, and then some uh, what looked to me like a a hose that would come off your dryer, you know, some of that to to run air inside Mm there underground. And once they got everybody inside the thing, they put a big piece of metal. Some people said it was a manhole cover, but I'm not sure if that's what it was or not. It was a sheet of metal. And it was then, heavy, too. Yeah, and then they put two 100-pound industrial batteries on top of that and then covered the whole thing in dirt. Yeah. So it was basically buried alive. Yeah. And it was up to, I think, four foot of dirt once they got it all buried and in, in, uh, covered up. Yeah. So it's uh, pretty scary.
0: Yeah, it was. They were down there for a while.
1: Right. And uh, also, like, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it, but they did have some mattresses and some old box springs down there to little bit of comfort so at least they would have somewhere soft to sit down mm-hmm. or lay down so you yeah, know they did they tried to do this a little bit better than they did them in the, in the vans but not much
0: yeah and after a while the kids they, they would get to crying and one would make another cry and it was just back and forth and yeah. I, I can't imagine the hysteria going on down there underground in this box truck no heck no i can't imagine but after a little while ed ray and there was a 14 year old boy his name was michael marshall mm-hmm They got to where they were stacking some mattresses on top of each other.
1: Yeah, I think Michael actually said, you know, look, we're either going to die in here or we're going to die getting out of here. So I'm not going to sit here and wait for to come back. We're going to try something. So I think him and Ray hatched the plan. He was a boy that wasn't supposed to be on the bus anyway. Right, he was the one that got in trouble. Yeah. 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 So luckily he did for Ray because he was a pretty big boy.
0: So him and Ray took time about trying to move this, I guess, lid off this box right. truck
1: yeah and uh you know I, what i read was uh they had, like you said they stacked the mattresses up to where they could get to the lid and then they had busted one of the uh the box springs so they have some lumber to use as a pry That's try to wedge they, it open right yeah so try to wedge that lid open because it's yeah. being so hard you know you can imagine if it's if you got 200 pound batteries and then plus a piece of metal and all that dirt and you're on a mattress pushing up it's just you're pushing up while you're pushing down you know
0: but they said the the lid or the roof of this box truck was starting to cave in yeah with all the weight on it because they're not made for that kind of stuff man. no
1: you know usually a semi truck or whatever the roofs and there's not very much to it
0: Mm-mm, there's no support there at all no but Michael Marshall was able to move this lid.
1: Yeah, it took them a several hours to do it. It's not like he just climbed up there and moved it. They they got up there and pushed and pushed and pushed, and it took forever before they finally got it to moving a little bit and said they would have to take breaks and sit down because it was so hot in there. Yeah, They would just get overheated and then just had to go sit down before they had a heat stroke or something, you know, and drink some water and then go back at it.
0: But once he moved the lid and the batteries he was able to dig through the dirt right to get to the top to get out
1: yeah it said there was a little wood uh like a framing around the hole and he wasn't sure what was outside of that plus they didn't know if the kidnappers were just sitting there waiting for him to pop their head up either but he said that uh, he sent michael to work work his way through there and once he got through there seen it was just dirt and so then he went to digging in. Yeah.
0: yeah so after about 16 hours after they got down in this box truck they were able to get out yep and which was amazing yeah and ed was able to lift all the kids up to get out
1: yeah he he was pushing them up to michael and michael was pulling them out and then they got ed out last
0: yeah it's pretty awesome yep
1: then they got out but they had no idea where the hell they were because all they know they'd been riding for 11 hours yeah, yeah they
0: they could be 11 hours
1: from home you can go a long way in 11 hours yeah, you could
0: and it was middle of the night too dude right yeah and they were just walking around trying to figure out where they were. And I think Michael actually ran off into the woods or different part, in yeah, case just the, in
1: case something happened, one of them would be free.
0: Because they got up top, they didn't know if them kidnappers were there or not, dude. Right. Yep. They didn't know. Didn't have no idea. But they did get up there and realize that they were alone. Mm-hmm. And they were walking around this quarry where they were at, and they come upon a guard shack. Right. Because they were people there working
1: walking get, up and the guard's like oh shit yeah <laughs> and he's like and then he realized who it was because I mean there was so much you know talk going on around the town you know with everybody coming in the FBI coming in and you know when you have this many people disappear at one time
0: well it wasn't the town it was the, the across the country
1: oh yeah this was a big deal yeah what I was going to say is that there was so much going on in the town though they had the, the Phone company had to come in and try to add dozens of phone lines to this place just so the FBI could get in there and work because everybody was making all these calls. Everything was locked down and jammed and shut down.
0: Families wondering where their kids were. Couldn't
1: make any calls. Mm -mm. It was just blowing everything. Everybody was just blowing each other up. Yeah, Yeah.
0: pretty much. So it's crazy. And the guard told them, said, uh, the world is looking for you. Mm Mm-hmm. But they were able to get the authorities out there to rescue these kids and uh, Ed Ray.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, he put them, and then Greyhound sent a bus out for them to ride back on.
0: So they had to get back on
1: another bus. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know if i another bus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. At least it wasn't vans, I guess. Yep.
0: And then they got to digging in to finding out what had happened to these these kids and Ed Ray and yeah. Uh, yeah, so who was responsible
1: right yeah now they got them back so now what? now we got to find out who who took them and why yeah right yeah
0: so they ended up finding out that the quarry's owner's son he was 24 year old Frederick Newhall Woods the fourth he came under suspicion pretty quick Yeah. as one of the people who had a key to the quarry
1: right because it had to be somebody who had access to the quarry to be able to get in to yeah. get it. because it was inside inside the gates you know
0: and to have enough access to bury a moving truck there
1: right to be there long enough without anybody knowing what was going on
0: mm-hmm. right it come to find out that fred and two of his friends they were brothers named james and richard schoenfeld mm-hmm. they were 24 and 22 years old respectively right and they had previously been convicted of motor vehicle theft mm-hmm. for which they had been sent probation yeah they got probation for that And a warrant was executed on the estate of Woods' father. And there, police recovered one of the guns used in the kidnapping, as well as a draft of a ransom note. But these three guys, they had fled when they realized that
1: the... The jig was up. Yeah, because
0: they had... What had happened was they had left... And they went back to, I guess, wherever they came from, and they were trying to call in their ransom. Yeah. And like Dale said, they couldn't get through because all the phone lines were jammed up from families calling the police headquarters, FBI using the phone lines. They couldn't get through to be able to make their ransom demand.
1: Yeah, right. So they decided they would just take a nap and call the next day. So yeah. Because they had them, you know, locked down or in the ground.
0: They wasn't going anywhere. Right. We weren't going anywhere. So.
1: Right, ain't going nowhere, so we got a good, what we'll is. We get some rest because they've been up, you know, all that time preparing and driving and all that stuff. So they would just take naps, and then we'll get it. We'll call them tomorrow. Yeah. But <laughs> so the hell, they'd escape really before they ever called in the damn ransom. Yeah,
0: they got up the next morning and saw on the news that uh, the family, <laughs> they had been rescued. Right. They got out and was rescued. Okay. So they had they they left. Mm-hmm. They got out. It's crazy. But their intended ransom demand was five million dollars. Yep. which is equivalent to 23.8 million today crazy
1: well you know and then they said you know that uh, the reason they they did what they did was once they got them was it was children and they knew that they would pay yeah but it also i mean and part of this is pretty smart i mean their intentions were to never hurt anybody and they was not going to hurt anybody which is what they did you know and they thought everything was pretty good but they knew if they picked them up on a school bus that the state would have to pay. Yeah. Because they were under the ward of the state with being on the bus. So that's why they got them while they were on a bus. And then they knew that California had a surplus in the budget, so $5 million wouldn't be nothing to them. So they figured they'd have more kids, which would be more money. So that's why they did what they did. Yeah. But the bad thing is all these dudes are rich anyway, so it's just crazy to me yeah. why even do it in the first place. But people do what they do
0: i mean they weren't just rich they were
1: mega rich yeah especially fred
0: yeah fred he was the mastermind of all this and when word got out that they had escaped he fled to vancouver british columbia
1: canada yeah he had a fake passport and everything yeah what was that? Ralph uh, Snyder. Yeah. was his name?
0: Yeah. He even wrote one of his buddies who had a, a movie company or something and wrote from movies and said you could turn this into a movie. He wrote him while he was in
1: Canada. Yeah. At least just give me some of the money off the box office or whatever. Then <laughs> he signed it Ralph. Ralph Snyder.
0: That's just so crazy. I was
1: like, even if he got the letter, he'd be like, who the hell was Ralph
0: Snyder? <laughs> that is so crazy. And
1: anyway, yeah, it didn't take him long to, to, to run him down. Yeah. So he just followed the letters back. He was writing letters to everybody. Dummy.
0: Yeah. Now, Richard Schoenfeld, one of the brothers, he turned himself in voluntarily
1: first. Yeah. Yeah. He said he went home and told his daddy what he had done. Yeah. He, and actually, he was kind of more of a just kind of hanging out with his brother. I don't think he was really part of the big plan. I think he just was alone for the ride and got caught up into something really stupid. Yeah. So yeah, he went, and you know, daddy got him a good lawyer because yep. uh, he was a doctor, a podiat- uh, podiatrist, I think. Son of
0: a podiatrist. Yeah, so yep.
1: his dad got him a good logger, and then he went and turned himself in because he felt pretty bad about it. Yeah. You know, especially when it wasn't even his idea anyway.
0: But now two weeks after Fred Woods left to Canada, he was captured. Right. And then James Schoenfeld, the brother of uh, Richard, who had turned himself in, he was captured earlier the same day in um, Menlo Park, California
1: yeah he tried to get into uh canada himself a couple times but they wouldn't let him in said one time he was like he was too anxious acting so they didn't want to let him in and then there was something else something about some guns or something and then he had way too many guns yeah yeah but there was another reason i can't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head but yeah anyway they wasn't letting him in so then uh i think they knew there was a eight all points bulletin on him and they called got him yeah got him locked up yep yep
0: but now, James Schoenfeld later stated that despite coming from wealthy families, both he and Woods were deeply in debt. Well, they said they needed multiple victims to get multiple millions. Right. And we picked children because they were precious. Right. And like Dale said, the state would be willing to pay for ransom. Yeah. And
1: well, they don't fight back. They don't fight back. And they'll mind you, and they're very vulnerable. Yeah. Now,
0: once caught, all three perpetrators pled guilty to kidnapping and ransom and robbery. Right. But they refused to plead guilty to infliction of bodily harm as a conviction on that account in junction with the kidnapping. And. That carried a mandatory sentence of life in prison
1: without the possibility yeah. of parole. Without, yeah, and I don't blame them. I wouldn't, you know. I mean, like I said, uh, they they had no intentions of harming any of these kids.
0: They just wanted money.
1: They just wanted the money, you know. And they was trying to get them to plead guilty to that. But they they're like, no, nah, we didn't harm anybody. Well, you know why would we do that? Because then that comes with without the possibility of parole. Yeah. So anyway, they were trying to get them with get them for that anyway, but they didn't.
0: They were tried on the bodily harm charge, found guilty and given the mandatory sentence, but their convictions were over were overturned by an appellate court which found that physical injury sustained by the kids, which was mostly cuts and bruises, right. didn't meet the standard for bodily harm under the law.
1: Yeah, I mean they try to twist it to where, you know, that that counted. <laughs> But, you know, in my eyes, I'm thinking, you know, well, they didn't take a bat. And, you know, they could have done a lot of bad stuff Yeah, with the, all these kids. And that wasn't their intentions. And sure, the cuts and bruises happened. But, you know, I don't know if it was enough to convict them on, you know, infliction of bodily harm charge.
0: Yeah. But they were resentenced to life with the possibility of
1: parole. Correct. Now, nowadays, if it would be done now, it would be an emotional stuff it would probably be a lot worse yeah yeah because i'm sure a lot of these kids it's got a lot of problems
0: yeah now richard schoenfeld he was the youngest and he was the one that pled guilty first you know he turned himself in yeah he was released in 2012 and then uh his brother james schoenfeld he was paroled on august the 7th of 2015
1: so how long did he he serve from
0: 1976 to 2012
1: yeah, so uh, these guys, so you remember, uh, Richard was only 22. Mm-hmm. So if he served, what would you say, 36 years? 36 years, he yeah. He would have been almost 60 when he got out. That is just crazy, man. And, and his brother was two years older and got out three years. So basically, there was both right around 60, give or take, when, yeah. he, when they got out.
0: Now, in October of 2019, Fred Woods, the mastermind behind all this, was denied parole for the 19th time. And over the years, the reasons given for these denials have included a, a ton of stuff. Well,
1: the other two guys were pretty uh, pretty good prisoners, whatever, whatever you call that. Model prisoners, I guess. Yeah, and Woods, not so much.
0: No, he continued the minimization of his crime. I mean, he, you know, he didn't really have any remorse for it. No. And he had a lot of disciplinary
1: infractions Yeah. I mean, while in prison. Yeah, possession of contraband, of pornography, and cell phones.
0: Yeah, he was even running some businesses while he was in prison.
1: Yeah. I mean he even had a gold mine.
0: Yeah.
1: A gold mine, a car dealership, and it seemed like uh one other uh, business he was running.
0: Yeah, there was one I think he had the car dealership. Oh it was
1: a Christmas tree farm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the, I think the uh car dealership he had an employee there get hurt on a job and was filing for workman's comp.
1: Well one of the I think one of the guys and it may have been one of his main guys who was kinda helping run all the all his stuff he hurt his back or shoulders or both or something and he needed some surgery and basically fred told him that wasn't his problem so he wasn't going to help him out so that's when he went and filed the workers compensation yeah. and then that led him right back to him so he was doing this out from prison mm-hmm. yeah so uh, yeah that wasn't too good
0: now in 2016 a workman's compensation lawsuit filed against Fred Woods also revealed that he'd been running several businesses, like we said, yep. including this gold mine, car dealership, and all this was from behind bars. Yeah, without notifying prison authorities as he was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, like he's going to do that. Yeah, he was the heir to two wealthy California families, the Newhalls and the Woodses, mm-hmm. and he inherited a trust fund from his parents that was described in one court filing as being worth a hundred million dollars. And Woods' lawyer disputed that amount and. He is also married three times while in prison, and has purchased a mansion, which is about thirty minutes away from the prison.
1: So, what the hell would he want to with? <laughs> why would he want a mansion?
0: Yeah, he's doing all this while he's in prison. Right. Yeah.
1: He uh, inherited this hundred million dollars, but of course, you know his lawyers gonna say no, and it's nowhere near that. But you know, yeah, that's just because he knows he's fixing to give it up.
0: Yep. Now we're moving ahead to March of 2022, and this was a panel of two commissioners they recommended fred woods for parole and the recommendation required the approval of the full parole board Mm -hmm. and the board's legal division and california's governor and california governor gavin newsom asked the parole board to reconsider his decision but the decision was affirmed
1: right i think the first it it was uh a it was um, recommended by just a couple of folks, yeah. and then they sent it to Gavin Newsom, and he could either pass it or send it back for a full board review, mm-hmm. and that's what he did. So I guess that way it's not on him.
0: And on August the 17th of 2022, just this year, it was reported that Fred Woods' parole had been granted, Yep. and he was to be released from prison.
1: 70 years old. Yeah,
0: and they'd it had been reported they'd go up to him and ask him about this and about the emotional part of this to the kids he said
1: yeah i've heard mm-hmm. he had no remorse at all dude no he's just trying to get on with his life but you know these other people you know i'm sure all this stuff you know a lot of kids and suffer from uh panic attacks and nightmares and i mean all kind of stuff you know yeah you know, kidnappings and death and oh this could you imagine this man locked up in there i like can you imagine
0: man you didn't mean because you didn't know what was going to happen to you no nothing
1: didn't Mm-mm. have a clue that's why I was saying, you know, these guys thought they were doing, you know, they knew they were doing some bad shit. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they were trying to do it as nice as a the way they could. You know, just We to didn't get want to money. hurt nobody. Nobody's going to get hurt. But they're not thinking about all the serious uh, emotional and mental scars that Derek Collins is causing all these people. And I'm sure a lot of that just got worse as they got older, you know? Mm-hmm. And then some are a lot worse than others.
0: Yep. Now, just getting to some good news right here ed ray he received a california school employees association citation for outstanding community service and he was also to take a trip to disney world with the kids That was cool yeah they had a parade and this celebrated the all these kids escape and he was ed was pretty much a hero oh yeah he was labeled a hero
1: in all this man yeah, he had a park named after him yeah february 26th is, de- is declared ed ray day in, in chowchilla That is so cool, man. And still is to this day. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: There was a study found that the kidnapped kids suffered from panic attacks, nightmares involving kidnappings and death and personality changes, Dale. Mm. And many of these kids developed fears such as cars, uh, the dark, the kitchen, mice, dogs, and even hippies. Wow. Yeah. And one shot a Japanese tourist with a BB gun when the tourist car broke down in front of his house. Hmm. And many of these kids continued to report symptoms of trauma at least 25 years after this kidnapping. And some of this stuff was substance abuse, depression.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, There was one of them that even said, you know, he had got on uh, meth and some other stuff and was really bad until he decided to change his life. And he went and talked to these dudes and uh, somehow met them and uh, told them he forgave them, shook their hands, and pretty much cured himself of all this. So that's, that's amazing sorry about
0: that go ahead no that's okay now in 2016 the 25 surviving kidnapped kids they settled a lawsuit that they had filed against their kidnappers and the money they received was paid out of Fred Woods' trust fund Right. and the exact settlement was never disclosed and one survivor stated they had received enough to pay for some serious therapy but not enough to buy a house Hmm. so that is just crazy man it is now, just a little bit of pop culture about this, Dale. There was a two hour made for T V movie about this event that aired on ABC on March the first of nineteen ninety three and it was titled They've Taken Our Children, The Chowchilla Kidnapping. And it starred Carl Malden as Ed Ray hmm. and Julie Harris as his wife.
1: You need to watch that.
0: Yeah. It's available on YouTube. Okay. And the Chowchilla Kidnappings were also featured on episode seven of season two of the program house of horrors kidnapped which airs on the american cable network uh, investigative discovery yeah id channel yeah and the episode buried alive first aired on april 21st 2015 and was told from the point of view of michael marshall oh wow yeah who at age 14 was the oldest like we said on the bus also in 2015 an episode of inside edition they reunited the kidnapped women to tell their stories of the kidnappings and the bus from the kidnappings which is now stored in the Chowchilla farm warehouse was also seen in this episode. Mm-hmm. Now Ed Ray he passed away in he passed away on May 17th of 2012 and he was visited by many of the school kids who had he had helped save
1: that day. Yeah. yeah they were kidnapped. Yeah his last days many of the school children had to see him. Yep. Wow.
0: And like we said before in two thousand fifteen The Sports and Leisure Park in Chowchilla was renamed the Ed Ray Park. Actually, Mm -hmm. the Edward Ray Park. And every February the 26th was declared Edward Ray Day in Chowchilla. Right. And just another little side note on Ed Ray. There was a song by Robert Goulet called Chowchilla Ray. And it's available on SoundCloud.
1: Yeah, just Google it. Yeah,
0: it's it's pretty daggum 70s. But that's very cool. But anyway, that is the Chowchilla kidnappings and at the time i don't know if it still is or not but it was the largest kidnapping in u.s history
1: yeah i think it still is
0: yeah pretty crazy man pretty crazy yeah
1: we had a story at a pretty good ending
0: yeah wasn't nobody killed
1: we had a hero and a good ending yeah there are a couple of heroes actually
0: but it is a it is a bad crime no doubt about it
1: you have to give uh michael marshall his due yeah yeah i think uh he was a he was a big part of it
0: yeah even though he wasn't supposed to be on the bus that day right so
1: shout out michael
0: yep All right, Dale, we are going to get out of here, dude. All right, let's roll down. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your
1: surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you.
0: This is the The Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.